0: Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details. Whatcha doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. the couple began to experience strange and terrifying things. They saw objects move, heard chants and whispers, and smelled foul odors throughout the house. The activity intensified. Soon shadows darted from room to room. The door of their master bedroom was banged upon, voices called their names, and full-body apparitions began to appear. Welcome weirdos I'm Darren marlar and this is weird Darkness and My Haunted Life Tuesday When I begin with the latest stories posted at myhauntedlife2.com plus I share a few stories from other sources as well Here you'll find ghost stories, Unsolved Mysteries and other stories of the strange and bizarre I'm always looking for both fiction and non-fiction stories of the Paranormal, strange, supernatural, dark and creepy. You can even send me links to articles, creepypastas, and other stories you find online that you feel would be good for the show. Share them all with me at WeirdDarkness.com. Coming up in this episode… A ghostly maintenance man The strange case of a haunted house in Montana A home becomes haunted Yet there is no record of anyone dying in or near the home. An 1875 mansion is being sold for dirt cheap, but no one wants to buy it because it's haunted. Can a song cause someone to commit suicide? Is a ghost setting off the fire alarm in a Victorian apartment complex? were ancient stories about vampires based on people with a rare blood disorder. Music in this episode is provided by Midnight Syndicate. They've been creating dark, gothic horror instrumental music for over 20 years, and you can hear more of their music at MidnightSyndicate.com. Now, sit back, turn down the lights, and come with me into the Weird Darkness. A Ghostly Maintenance Man by Carla at MyHauntedLife2.com. This happened all in the first month or two when I first moved into my apartment back in November and December of 2012. There were three occasions where I'm pretty sure I had strange experiences. When the first experience happened, I was in bed, and it must have been early, around 8 o'clock a.m. I was woken up by the sound of someone pacing back and forth from my front door all the way to the middle of my hallway, which happens to be just across from my bedroom, and I could hear a faint male voice mumbling. I couldn't quite make out what the voice was saying for some reason, but I remember it sounded as though they were wearing wind pants and pacing quickly three times. I was so scared. I froze, not wanting to open my eyes or move because I thought somebody broke into my apartment. After the third time, I heard it pacing away toward the front door. I noticed there was no sound of the door opening or closing. The second time happened maybe a couple of weeks later. It was similar to the first time, except I could begin to make out what was being mumbled and it sounded like a man was pacing up to the hallway across from my bedroom, which is also where the thermostat is. I remember hearing it mumble out loud something about checking the thermostat. After that, I just heard it pacing back to the front door. And again, no sound of the door opening and closing. It just went away. Again, I was scared, frozen, refusing to open my eyes or move to check it out. The third experience happened around December, and similar to the previous experience, except this time it entered my room, went up to my bed, and even got into my bed with me. I felt the bed move and a depression in the mattress, and this time it was mumbling things that sounded perverted. I just kept my eyes closed and hoped for it all to stop. And it did. I haven't had anything like that happen again, and I still live in the same apartment after all this time. The Strange Case of the Haunted Montana House by Janie F. in Montana posted at MyHauntedLife2.com We've lived in the same house for many years. It was left to my parents by my grandparents and has been a content home. Although we've been very happy here, there have been many unexplained occurrences that I just can't explain. The first time I remember this house being different was during my childhood. I was around five or six when I first saw The Shining Lady, a lady who appeared at the bottom of my bed as a silver angel. She wouldn't talk or move, she just stared at me and smiled. I always found her to be a calming influence. She wasn't scary at all. We would hear the TV when the TV wasn't turned on. In fact, our TV was broken and we still heard commercials coming from the TV. I would always get a sense someone was watching me in that house. One day, I was using the bathroom and left the door slightly cracked open to see a huge shadow of a man pass by. I wasn't scared, I was more curious than anything. I don't know if this was paranormal, but when I would vacuum, I would always get shocked. I complained to my mom, but it wouldn't happen to her or my brother. My mom also had experiences where a male spirit would touch her back or lay with her in bed. There was also anger in the house. My mom would fight with me for no reason, then I would fight with my brother, then he would take his anger out on my grandmother. When we would be at a family member's house or grandma's house, we would be well-behaved. Once I had a friend over, and she was terrified of my closet for some reason. Even though nothing happened that night, she never came over again. This house is alive with activity. Can a ghost move into your house? Post it at MyHauntedLife2.com. I live in a newly built house. To my knowledge, there have been no deaths on this plot of land. There have been no graveyards in this area. My phone has been randomly turning off a lot lately. I'll turn it on for a few minutes and then it just turns off. The battery's fully charged and everything. I don't know what's wrong. Same with my laptop, only it won't turn on until you've tried it at least five times. I also feel an unknown presence everywhere in my house, but it's the strongest in my room. I have absolutely no idea at all what it is, and I'm completely freaked out to be anywhere in the house by myself. Or at least when I am by myself, I just listen to music to keep the creaking and weird noises out of my head. Whenever I'm in my room, reading by myself and there are no other noises. It sounds like an animal is in great pain underneath my bed. The only problem is I don't have any animals in my room. I have to turn on every light in every room I pass and I'm afraid to go to sleep at night. My closet has to be closed, my door open, and my nightlight on. Recently, I've been hearing footsteps around the house. Nothing too loud, just gentle footsteps and tapping noises. But the weirdest thing happened to my friend. I had a friend staying over. We had eaten, were in my bedroom, and she started screaming. I had no idea what she was screaming at. Later, she told me that she saw a figure of a person standing behind me. I have no idea who this presence is. Can a ghost just move into your home? 1875 Mansion is being sold for dirt cheap, but no one wants to buy it because it's haunted. Posted it at lifeguide.com. In today's world of boxy McMansions and cookie cutter prefab homes, it can be hard to find a house with character. That's why I instantly fell in love when I saw this exquisite Victorian home with its large bay windows, mansard roof, and gingerbread trim. It has all the makings of a living dollhouse. But when I saw how much it's listed for, I was stunned. Why on earth would a 10-bedroom, 6,661-square-foot home built in 1875 be so cheap. So I started doing a little investigating, and what I found shocked me. This was clearly no ordinary historic home. In 1875, a wealthy chair manufacturer named Sylvester K. Pierce designed and built a magnificent Victorian home. This beautiful Massachusetts home boasts 10 beds, two and a half baths, 11-foot ceilings, marble fireplaces, and all original windows, doorknobs, hinges, and floors. So with all of those exquisite details, how could the owners possibly ask for just $329,000? That's roughly the same price as an average three-bedroom home. As it turns out, this beautiful mansion is listed as one of the most haunted homes in all of New England. Over the years, in the hands of many different owners, seven individual deaths have been documented in the house, including a strangled prostitute. The house experiences so much paranormal activity, it has been investigated by TV shows like Ghost Hunters, Ghost Adventurers, My Ghost Story, and 10 Most Haunted Places in New England. So who is still roaming the halls of this gorgeous mansion? Some say they've seen the figure of a busy servant girl, others a little boy who stares longingly out the front window. To some, a sad woman has appeared. Considering the many different forms the house has taken – a private home, a Freemason hall, a brothel – it's seen quite the number of colorful figures. In fact, Many commentators have claimed to see a ghost in one of the photos. Many commentators claim to see the face of a ghost on the ceiling. You can see this photo for yourself by clicking the link to this story in the show notes. But when the previous owners moved into this home, they had no idea that it was rumored to be haunted. They were happy to live in the gorgeous historical mansion, but just a couple of weeks after moving in, the couple began to experience strange and terrifying things. They saw objects move, heard chants and whispers, and smelled foul odors throughout the house. The activity intensified. Soon, shadows darted from room to room. The door of their master bedroom was banged upon. Voices called their names, and full-body apparitions began to appear. Investigators have also witnessed many chilling phenomena. During one nighttime exploration of the house, they recorded a strange voice that seemed to say, squeeze every throat. In another investigation, the ghost hunters asked the room, who is the current owner of this house? The response very clearly stated, Lillian that was indeed the name of the homeowner. But despite its many chilling mysteries, this house still has a charming appeal. Throughout the years, it has drawn the company of Norman Rockwell, Calvin Coolidge, Betty Davis, and P.T. Barnum. This episode of Weird Darkness is brought to you by the audiobook Could It Be True, Volume 1, Urban Legends, by Cindy Parmiter, narrated by Darren Marlar. Urban legends are thought by most to be tall tales passed down through the ages. Some of the stories are obviously make-believe, while others, as strange as they may seem, have their origins in actual events. Do alligators roam the dark tunnels deep beneath New York City? do boogeymen who terrorize those afraid of the night really exist? Are killer clowns a myth born from our fear of the unknown? Or could such evil truly walk among us? These are just a few of the urban legends that are explored in this book. After hearing some of the history for yourself, maybe you will be able to answer the age-old question, could it be true? a free sample of the book or grab it for yourself on the audiobooks page at WeirdDarkness.com or by clicking the link in the program notes. If you want to support Weird Darkness another way, you can do so absolutely free by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. We are currently ranked at number 12 under the keyword paranormal and number 5 under the keyword supernatural. We couldn't have risen to these statuses without your support, so thank you." Here are a few quick reviews that were left on our iTunes. New Fave by The Pink Robot I don't know what to say about this podcast that has not already been said. His voice is wonderful, his research is great, and the stories are spooky. I wish there was more eps to binge on, but I can't wait for new eps. Well, uh, The Pink Robot, we do have more episodes on the way, so keep listening. In Alexander 13 Dayton says, Creep Factor. Definitely fulfills my creepy needs. Host does a wonderful professional job. Nick Brohio. Thanks, Nick. By the way, I like your podcast. If you'd like to find the Brohio podcast, you can find it at bombpodmedia.com. There's a link to that in this show's description. Corey Rules says, Two thumbs up. Really creepy stories told wonderfully by the host. If you love ghost stories, you'll find this podcast to be top-notch. Corey Crawford. Thanks, Corey. Again, thanks to everyone who is rating, reviewing, and sharing the podcast with others. That does wonders in helping us to be seen via iTunes, so thank you. Now back to the Weird Darkness. Were ancient stories about vampires based on people with a rare blood disorder? Posted at messagetoeagle.com We encounter stories about vampires among many ancient cultures across the world. The belief in blood-sucking beings often led to mass hysteria and, in some cases, resulted in corpses being staked and people being accused of vampirism. In modern times, the vampire is generally held to be a fictitious entity, although belief in similar vampiric creatures, such as the chupacabra, still persists in some cultures. Scientists now suggest that stories about vampires are based on people who suffered from a blood disorder is a group of eight known blood disorders. It affects the body's molecular machinery for making hem, which is a compound of the oxygen-transporting protein hemoglobin. When hem binds with iron, it gives blood its hallmark red color. The different genetic variations that affect hem production give rise to different clinical presentations of porphyria, including one form that may be responsible for vampire folklore. Erythropoietic protoporphyria, or EPP, the most common kind of porphyria to occur in childhood, causes people's skin to become very sensitive to light. People with EPP are chronically anemic, which makes them feel very tired and look very pale, with increased photosensitivity because they can't come out in the daylight, says Barry Paw, M.D., Ph.D., of the Dana-Farber Boston Children's Cancer and Blood Disorders Center. Even on a cloudy day, there's enough ultraviolet light to cause blistering and disfigurement of the exposed body parts, ears, and nose. Today, EPP remains rare but is understood as a genetic mutation that affects oxygen in the blood and makes sufferers allergic to the sun. Centuries ago, however, it is understandable that people may have seen people with EPP as supernatural, given the lack of scientific understanding. In ancient times, drinking animal blood and emerging only at night may have achieved a similar effect, adding further fuel to the legend of vampires. Paul and his team of international investigators report, in a paper in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, a newly discovered genetic mutation that triggers EPP. It illuminates a novel biological mechanism potentially responsible for stories of vampires and identifies a potential therapeutic target for treating EPP. To produce hem, the body goes through a process called porphyrin synthesis, which mainly occurs in the liver and bone marrow. Any genetic defects that impact this process can interrupt the body's ability to produce hem. The decreased hem production leads to a buildup of protoporphyrin components. In the case of EPP, type of protoporphyrin, called protoporphyrin-9, accumulates in the red blood cells, plasma, and sometimes the liver. When protoporphyrin-9 is exposed to light, it produces chemicals that damage surrounding cells. As a result, people with EPP experience swelling burning and redness of the skin after exposure to sunlight, even trace amounts of sunlight that pass through window glass. Some genetic pathways leading to buildup of protoporphyrin 9 have already been described, but many cases of EPP remain unexplained. By performing deep gene sequencing on members of a family from northern France with EPP of a previously unknown genetic signature. Paw's team discovered a novel mutation of the gene CLPX, which plays a role in mitochondrial protein folding. This newly discovered mutation really highlights the complex genetic network that underpins hem metabolism, says Pa, who was co-senior author on the study. Loss-of-function mutations in any number of genes that are a part of this network can result in devastating, disfiguring disorders. PAW suggests that identifying the various gene mutations that contribute to porphyria could pave the way for future therapies that could correct the faulty genes responsible for these related disorders. Although vampires aren't real, there is a real need for innovative therapies to improve the lives of people with porphyrias, says PAW. Hung Lady. Submitted to Weird Darkness by Rob. I live in Sheffield in the UK. I've always been skeptical about the supernatural and have always focused on the scientific aspect of strange occurrences. However, there is one thing that to this day I cannot explain and my mind will never allow me to forget. I came home one night after being out with friends I was 19 at the time. I came home about 8pm, not late as I had worked the next day. I walked through the living room, passed my dad and opened the door to the bottom of the stairs and switched on the landing light. That's when I saw her. I should maybe tell you that the house we lived in belonged to my nanon originally, so I'd grown up in this house since I was about five. Before this incident, I'd learned to slide down the banister, getting me downstairs much faster than running. I'd apparently learned this as a child, my mother telling me it's because I'd told my Nan once that I was being watched and didn't like the stairs. This was after the incident, I have no recollection of telling my Nan this. So going back to the story, I switched on the light, and at the top of the stairs, it teed at the top, the light right in the middle loft hatch right behind the light, was a woman in a dress, cream, dirty, white, not sure but hanging from the loft hatch which was open. I nearly tore down the door to grab my dad. There was only us who lived there. I dragged him to the stairs, pushing him first. He was a martial arts instructor and built like a brick shelter. He took one look then said, If you're that drunk, you'd better eat before bed. I risked a glance and Sure enough, nothing. Loft closed, no woman, nothing. I didn't sleep all night, and the next day called in to work. I took a trip to Sheffield's Hall of Records the next day, convinced I wasn't nuts. After about an hour of hunting, I found something that made me shit myself. A woman living in our house in 1926 hung herself From the loft support beam after finding her husband was having an affair. I told my family, I told my friends, even they seemed skeptical. As I mentioned, I've always been science-driven, but this got to me. My friend Sarah explained that maybe it was subconscious, I'd seen this report somewhere, and or remembered that as a child I hated the stairs and for one split second my mind played a trick on me. I never saw it again, but odd things did happen before I moved out. My dad would talk in his sleep. At one point it was so loud I had to check in on him and he was sat bolt upright in bed talking to an empty chair. I asked what he was doing and he said, we're just talking, we're just friends, don't worry, okay? Then he just turned away. Was it my imagination? I have no idea. If it was, It's left a permanent image burned into my memory. What do you think? No longer alone. Submitted to WeirdDarkness.com by Claudette Calvert. I'm a 36-year-old woman who lives in a converted Victorian house in the UK. This building is separated into nine bedsets, and I live on the second floor. When I first moved into the building, the room I originally had to start with had no real activity. All I got was a shadow person watching over me, a case of full body of sleep paralysis and the toilet seat put down. Then, in February 2017, I moved into my bigger, current bedsit, and this is where it started. First off, the entity opened my window when I was out after I closed it. Okay, fair enough, they don't like the window closed. No issues with that. Then things were being moved. But not in a moved and can never be found for days on end sort of way, more in a moved and put away in the original place it should be. I left a USB cable on the floor behind my PC. A few hours later, I couldn't find it. I looked everywhere, nothing. So I thought that my partner may have picked it up by accident and took it home with him. I thought nothing of it and forgot about it. Until yesterday, that is. I went into my box to look for a key and guess what was in there? Yes, the USB cable. One night I was getting ready for bed and had to take my medication, put my pills on the side and went into the cupboard to get a glass for some water. Went back to where I left my pills. They had been moved, but moved on to the tray I had nearby. This has also happened with some painkillers I was due to take. Whoever is here likes the kettle, they've been known to play with the switch. Up and down it went as I sat on my bed watching with a blank look on my face. "'Okay, can you stop playing with the kettle now? I know that you were here,' I'd say to them. However, they did not like my toaster. I got the toaster from my sister-in-law, whom I no longer talk to anymore, and one day, after a huge falling out with the sister-in-law and my brother, the toaster suddenly blows up and stops working." but the biggest thing is when the fire alarm in the building goes off in the early hours one morning. It was 1.50 a.m. and the alarm suddenly goes off. I get dressed and make my way into the main hallway by the main door. The landlord was called when no one could get the alarm to go off. Whilst sat outside when the landlord showed up and was checking everything. Three men appeared from the road at the side of our building looking rather sinister. One stopped by the stop sign, whilst the other two walked on. Then the stop sign guy walks on to catch up with the other two. As I watched them walk up the road, they were looking back as if they were paranoid. I went back in and spoke to the landlord about what had happened. There's no reason that I could find why the alarm went off all the fire alarm boxes were intact on each floor. I thought nothing of it. Until the next day, and the three guys. Did a spirit set off the fire alarm to warn off these sinister-looking guys? Were they up to no good and the spirit or spirits did it to protect the residents because of something bad happening? I still get my entity around me playing with my hair, climbing over my legs whilst I'm in bed, putting pressure on my forehead as if they're feeling my temperature. One day I may find out who is here and what they want. But for now, it is nice to know that I'm not alone. Gloomy Sunday Posted at scaryforkids.com. Gloomy Sunday is an urban legend about an old song written by Hungarian composer Rezo Sures. They say that many people have killed themselves after listening to this song, and it is often called the Hungarian suicide song. Rezo Sures was born in Hungary. In 1933, He was a struggling composer who had never written a hit song. After his girlfriend left him, he was so depressed that he wrote the song that made him famous. Originally, the title was, in Hungarian, The End of the World. The song was later retitled to mean Gloomy Sunday. At first, music publishers would have nothing to do with the song, saying it was too depressing. Eventually it was released and became a huge success. Delighted that he had finally written a hit, Suresse contacted the ex-girlfriend who inspired the song and attempted to get back together with her. The next day, she killed herself by swallowing poison, leaving behind a note with just two words written on it, Gloomy Sunday. As time went on, Gloomy Sunday was connected to a rash of suicides in Hungary. In all, 17 people died. Two people shot themselves while listening to a band playing the tune. Several others drowned themselves in a river while clutching the sheet music of Gloomy Sunday. People began to refer to it as the suicide song, and there were rumors that it was cursed. The Hungarian authorities banned the song from being played in public. However, this did not stop the rash of suicides. In Berlin, a young shopkeeper hung herself. Beneath her feet, they found a copy of Gloomy Sunday. In New York, a pretty secretary gassed herself, leaving behind her a request that Gloomy Sunday be played at her funeral. In Vienna, a teenage girl drowned herself by clutching the sheet music. In Budapest, a shopkeeper killed himself and left a note containing the lyrics of the song. In London, a woman took an overdose of pills while listening to the record over and over. The song's eerie reputation quickly spread around the world, and music publishers from America decided to cash in on its notoriety. They released an English translation of the song, and it soon caught on. More deaths followed. One man reportedly walked into a nightclub asked the band to play the suicide song, then took out a gun and blew his brains out. An 82-year-old man put Gloomy Sunday on his record player, then jumped to his death from his seventh-story window. In Rome, an errand boy was cycling down the street when he heard a beggar humming the tune. The boy parked his bicycle, walked over to the beggar, and gave him all his money. Then he jumped off a nearby bridge and drowned in the icy waters. In the early 1940s, the song was banned in England because it was deemed too upsetting for the public. The ban was only recently lifted in 2002. Even the song's composer could not escape the curse. Resso Sures was haunted by all the death and destruction his music had caused, saying I stand in the midst of this deadly success as an accused man. This fatal fame hurts me. I cried all of the disappointments of my heart into this song, and it seems that others with feelings like mine have found their own hurt in it. In 1968, he committed suicide by jumping out the window of his Budapest apartment building and falling to his death. Over the years, the song has been recorded by a number of artists, including Ray Charles, Sinead O'Connor, Elvis Costello, Sarah McLaughlin Sarah Brightman, Heather Nova, Bjork, and most popularly, Billie Holiday. If you decide to listen to this song, be very careful. This is the Billie Holiday version. So-
1: You slumberless, dearest the shadows, I live with are numberless. Little white flowers will never awaken you, not where the black coach of sorrow has taken you. Angels have no thought of ever returning. I spend it all My heart and I Have decided to end it all Soon there'll be candles And prayers that are said I know Let them not weep Let them know that I'm glad to go Death is no dream and death I'm caressing you
0: Have a true tale to tell? Share your story at WeirdDarkness.com and I might use it in a future episode. If you like the show, you can easily support it. The number one thing you can do is to give the show a rating and review on iTunes. Please share it with your friends as well and ask them to rate and review the show as well to help us rise in the iTunes ratings. You can become an official Weirdo by subscribing to the podcast. Find links to all of this episode's stories and the books they're taken from in this show's description. Music in this episode is provided by Midnight Syndicate, used with permission. All rights reserved. For Marler House Productions, I'm Darren Marlar. Thanks for joining me in the weird darkness. What's you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff by singing dog no! by goal
1: I pronounce you. by
0: around. wedding ceremony stop at Metro PCS you get two free phones with twice as much memory really? don't say bye to your memories switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines Metro PCS wireless figured out coverage not available in some areas sales tax not included in phone price excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network see store for details and terms and conditions